So good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning. If you're Victoria, it's 8.40, and if you're Dorcas, it's 9.40 in the morning. Thrilled that you're able to join us this morning. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background in that I'm a teacher and... um, just a huge, I've always had a huge interest in health and nutrition and exercise. And when TR90 came along, I was absolutely thrilled because it was able to help me do what I wasn't able to do on my own, which was lose some body inches that just were not shaken for me. And I lost 20 body inches over the course of about three to six months. So, you know, I was already exercising more than. 30 minutes, five days a week, and it wasn't shifting, and just the supplements in the TR90 program alone really helped make a difference, but I did the whole program because that was that's what you do. So if you ever miss these calls, you can always pick them up on SoundCloud, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D, and put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, and they, they'll pop up they're archived back. Well, in October, we'll be, going, we'll be starting, I think, our eighth year or starting our ninth year. I'll have to go back and figure that out. Um, so there are lots of podcasts in there. If you have a podcast streaming service, if you put in Frank Lomas and Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging, and All Run Together, No Spaces, that those these podcasts will pop up as well. With that being said, that TR90 program is one clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a larger person, you might need to increase the, the number of uh, grams of protein just because protein helps build the muscle which are the engines that burn off the fat on your body. Staying hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So, for example, if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 ounces of water at a minimum. If you're exercising heavily or if you're in a very humid area and losing a lot of um, body fluids, then you will probably need to increase that. But... That's a good starting point to start at. If you're not drinking sufficient liquid and water for that, for your baseline of what you need, start with wherever you're at and slowly build up to it. It's one of these things, small baby steps. You know, increase it by a couple ounces every day until you get to where you need to be or maybe increase it for five ounces over the course of a week, and then the next week you bump it up another five ounces, whatever it takes to get to where you need to be to be hydrated. Many times if we think we're hungry, we're actually starting in the dehydration process, and that's why I always start off with a glass of water immediately so that I'm not um, getting dehydrated. And if I still think I'm hungry after I've drank a full glass of water and I've waited a couple of minutes, then maybe I am hungry. So exercising, 
five days a week, 30 minutes, moderate to heavily, unless you're like Frank and Dorcas and some of us other ones that, hey, we exercise seven days a week because once you get into a good habit, why stop it? And sometimes if you take a break, then get out of the habit and then it might be hard to get restarted again. Getting seven to eight hours of rest daily is really important. Um, Sleep, um, as I'll be discussing in a few minutes, is one of those important keys of making sure that you're staying healthy and will help keep you on track. Taking your supplements, your TR90 supplements, 15 to 20 minutes before your meals is optimum, but if you're not able to do that, do take them with your meals. Um, I had one meal a day that I couldn't take it 15 to 20 minutes before, so I took it with my meal. It still works. It's just not quite as effective as it would have been had it been in your system just a little bit earlier. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables daily is another really important key. And with that being said, I'm sharing some information with you today, a continuation of what I started yesterday out of a book called Superfoods Health Style, Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. It was written by Stephen G. Pratt, M.D., and Kathy Matthews. And I started in on sleep yesterday and why why it is so important to um, get adequate rest. So here's a side note that he has here. It says, try to lose weight while suffering from a sleep deprivation is walking up the down escalator. You may find yourself trying very hard and getting nowhere. So as I discussed yesterday, it's really important to get adequate sleep because it makes a huge difference in um, in leptin. So one of the reasons that sleep seems to have such a dramatic effect on weight loss, on weight, is its intimate relationship between sleep and hormones. When you experience sleep deprivation, your blood levels of leptin, a hormone that re- that acts as an appetite suppressant, appears to decrease. Leptin is a hormone that is produced by fat cells. It helps to regulate your appetite and metabolism. High levels of leptin help you to eat less, while low levels increase your appetite and cause you to eat more. In a study on sleep and leptin, it was found that the subjects who slept less than five hours a night had a significant decrease in leptin and additionally a significant increase in ghrelin and ghrelin is spelled G-R-E-R-L-I-N a hormone that triggers hunger. Another factor when considering the relationship between sleep deprivation and obesity is perhaps more obvious. When we're tired, we're less likely to make good choices about health-related activities. It's difficult to keep up with exercise routines or cook a healthy meal if you're just totally exhausted. So getting sufficient sleep not only contributes to your long-term health and your overall performance, it also helps to reduce your chances of becoming obese. So how much do you need? While we know that adequate sleep is crucial to optimum health, 
we don't know the precise amount of sleep to recommend for everyone. We do know that as we age over a lifespan, we, our need for sleep seems to change and diminish. In the first days of life, our total sleep time was roughly 16 hours, falling to about 14 hours by the end of the first month. At six months of age, we're sleeping about 12 hours. This amount declines about 30 minutes per year through age five. By adolescence, we're sleeping from nine to 10 hours, and as adults, seven to eight hours. There are, of course, individual differences in needs for sleep and the abilities to sleep. We know that women have a greater need for sleep than men, and on average, though they retire earlier than men and fall asleep faster, they report more time spent awake during the night and generally poor, poorer sleep quality. While not getting enough sleep is clearly associated with increased risk, increased health risk, so is getting too much sleep. In the Nurses Health Study of 82,969 women, responding to the questionnaire revealed that those who slept five hours or less a night had a 15% greater mortality risk compared with those that were sleeping seven hours. But those who slept nine hours had a 42% increase in risk. Other studies have reported similar patterns. I recommend, and when I say I, in this case it's Dr. Pratt, recommends seven to eight hours of sleep each night. While some people claim that they do well on less, even six hours of sleep a night does not prevent cumulative performance deficits. So 50% of drivers report driving while sleeping, while 25% report falling asleep at the wheel, though not crashing. Approximately 5% of the people who have crashed while being drowsy If you drive while sleep-deprived, you're facing a risk comparable to that of someone who drives with an illegal blood level of alcohol level. And healthcare professionals should ask patients in detail about their sleep habits, and they should stress the importance of adequate sleep. And not all of them do, but that is definitely something to keep in mind. Sleep disordered breathing or sleep apnea is a condition that is estimated to affect 2 to 4% of middle-aged adults and even higher percentages of older people. Approximately 30% of those who snore regularly may have sleep disordered breathing. This condition is most often diagnosed in overweight men with a large neck circumference. Even mild sleep disordered breathing is related to an increased risk for hypertension, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and mortality. Obesity is a worldwide problem and is probably a cause of sleep disordered breathing. Thus, weight loss and prevention of weight gain offer the best hope of reducing the incidence of this disorder. If snoring is an issue for you, an evaluation to rule out sleep disordered breathing at a sleep clinic near you is a good step to take. 
Insomnia is a special problem in the dark world of sleep deprivation. It's a condition affecting 9 to 19% of adults in the United States and Europe. The incidence of insomnia seems to increase with age and to be more common in women than men. In a 1991 Gallup survey found that insomnia had a direct impact on the daily lives of one-third of American adults. Insomnia is generally described as the percent or, or the perception or the complaint of inadequate or poor quality of sleep due to the difficulty of falling asleep, waking up frequently during the night with difficulty going back to sleep, waking up early in the morning, or finally and generally unrefreshed sleep. Insomnia takes a toll similar to that of a sleep debt. Sufferers feel tired, lack of energy, have trouble concentrating, and are irritable. Insomnia, among 37 other variables, is the most predictive factor for absenteeism at work. As with sleep debt, the long-term toll that insomnia takes on health can be serious. Chronic insomnia is associated with an increased risk for alcohol and drug abuse, anxiety, neurosis, personality disorders, as well as dependence on sedatives, depression, diminished quality of life, and in the case of older adults with cognitive disorders, placement in long-term care facilities. If you suffer from chronic or even occasional insomnia, it says to read how to get a good night's sleep, which is coming up in a, uh, probably on Thursday, and follow the recommendations. In addition, consult your doctor to be sure that the medication, medical problems such as angina, chronic pain, congestive heart failure, chronic lung disorders, endocrine disorders or other prescription or over-the-counter medications are not contributing to your difficulty to falling asleep. Only one in 20 patients sees a physician specifically about chronic insomnia. Even though chronic sleep disturbance is associated with substantial health consequences, including hypertension, chronic lung disease, arthritis, chronic pain or headaches, and diabetes. Untreated insomnia is a major risk factor for the development of psychiatric disorders, especially major depression, but also anxiety and substance abuse disorders. Many people think that insomnia is a function of aging. While it's true that some need less sleep as they age, it's also true that insomnia in the aged is often a function of increased rates of illness, medication usage, and other sleep disorders, and the isolation and inactivity that is often seen in older adults. And I think we're going to stop there for today because I think we're just about out of time. At the top of the hour, if you're looking to build a new skin business, one of our team leaders on Facebook, One Team Global Live, will be sharing information on how to build a new skin business and with some ideas and thoughts on how you can go about doing that. And I'm going to take us off of mute so we can all say goodbye to each other. This is Susan Mann from 
Portland, Oregon, signing out. So there we are, my friends. Thank you, Susan. Oh, you are welcome, and it'll be. I will be get. I'll be getting into how to get to get to better sleep, probably on Thursday. So it'll be very exciting. <laughs> okay, I, I'll try and, and make sure I'm 15 minutes every day until you're on this. 15 minutes <laughs> earlier. Well, you know, and a lot of times we can't adjust the time we get up, so we have to adjust that time we go to sleep. So that seems to be the easiest way to go about it. Well, thank you. We'll see you on Thursday. Yes, and and we'll have Frank tomorrow, so that'll be lots of fun. It's always interesting to see what he brings to the table. So, (laughs) Have a great day. You too.